Hey, welcome to Fiddle and Pipe Podcast. I'm Brittany Ross. Before today's episode, I'm just going to give you some quick morning announcements. If y'all want to follow us on Instagram, we are at Fiddle and Pipe. You can also follow us individually. I'm at BM Ross Music and Catherine is at Cat Flute. If Instagram isn't really your thing, you're in luck because we also have Fiddle and Pipe Forum on Facebook. There we will be dropping some extra content for your viewing pleasure. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast and maybe you are able to do a little bit extra, maybe you have five minutes to spare, we would really appreciate it if you would write a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts has weird algorithms where if you have more reviews and higher ratings, you are actually more accessible to potential listeners. It would really help us out and we could potentially get our podcasts into the ears of other people. If you're able to do more, and we're already asking a lot by commanding your ears for an hour each week. You can also support us on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash fiddle and pipe. And we actually want to welcome our first two patrons, Lauren and Rainer. They're both dear friends of mine, and it's crazy to think that the podcast has gotten to this point. I would not have thought six months ago that we would have gotten this far. So seriously, thank you. They have both committed to $5 a month. That's $1.25 a week to hear our bi-weekly happy hour podcast, as well as outtakes from every episode. And as our Patreon gets more support, we will definitely be uploading more content, putting more tiers. It's definitely something that you should check out if you are a fiddle and pipe regular. Our podcast will always be free, but Catherine and I do sink a lot of our own money and time into this. We really appreciate y'all for joining our Patreon. We will acknowledge you every week, and we appreciate anyone who's able to do so in the future. You can also support us on Anchor. You can find us there at anchor.com slash fiddleandpipe. We have three monthly tiers. So check out Anchor, check out Patreon, and while you're at it, check out this episode. Without further ado, here is episode 22, More Twilight. Hi, I'm Brittany Ross, and I play the fiddle. I'm Catherine Blinchin, and I play the pipe. And together, we are Fiddle and Pipe. Two classical musicians who are reading and discussing topics beyond the staff. So grab a book, take a seat, and tune in. We say it at the same time. Wow, we're twins. Twinsies. Except my cat is Twinning. not hanging out with me. My cat is downstairs somewhere, hanging out in... Being antisocial. Is she? Is she sleeping? No, she's just sleeping with Woody. <laughs> in the dark cave that we call our bedroom. Oh, cute. <clears throat> Welcome to Fiddle and Pipe with Brittany and Catherine. This is take two at this episode because Catherine can't get her life together, and honestly, neither can I. No, I can't. I will add this, though, and I did not say this in the first take that we did. So, I am actually drinking the By the Beans pumpkin spice blend coffee this morning. Ooh, how is it? It's so good. This is my second cup. <laughs> oh, wow. Right now, it is 12.53 p.m. in Denver, Colorado, <laughs> and my first cup was maybe an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> I started late this morning, but it's so good. I really like it. David and I bought 
a package of the normal light roast and the normal dark roast, and it was really good. Ah. So, y'all, if you didn't get our sponsor from a few weeks ago, check out Buy the Beans. Yeah. And buy some coffee. And you can try to use code FIDDLE3 to get 10% off. I don't know if it still works, but you should definitely try it. But yeah, coffee. (laughs) Coffee. I drink a lot of it. I drink too much of it. I need more of it. You can never have enough coffee. Not true. (laughs) There comes a point where your heart just can't take it anymore. Um, well then, my heart is probably going to die very soon, so. Speaking of dying very soon, let's talk about Twilight. You come (laughs) up with some really good transition phrases. (laughs) Anyway. Do you want to hire me as Fiddle and Pipes transitioner? You should be. You you are the dedicated transitioner. Do you do you want to start since we had to restart this for you for you and your organization? Oh yeah, because I wrote a bunch of thing notes. A lot of them are kind of weird. No, your notes are great. You're just being OCD about where to put them. <laughs> so okay, it starts out with them at school, chapter six, scary stories. Ooh, spooky. Ooh. Perfect for October, since aren't we posting this in October? Uh, <laughs> we never know time. It's not like we wrote down a calendar or anything. Joke's on you if you think I checked the calendar. So they're at school, and basically the entire friend clan that Bella has made at school that are not vampires, normal people, I guess, are asking about Bella and her sit down at lunch with Edward Cullen because they're so curious mm-hmm. because he's so mysterious and all that lovely stuff. You keep in mind he's super aloof and no one really talks to him and yada yada yada. So yeah. they're like, spill the tea. So I wrote down, I took a snippet of this like page and I just want to just show off this little thing that I could not <laughs> screenshot or I could not help but screenshot. So, what did Edward Cullen want yesterday? Jessica asked in trig. I don't know, I answered truthfully. He never really got to the point. Obviously. Anyway, you look kind of mad, she fished. Did I? I kept my expression blank. And I was just envisioning Kristen Stewart the entire time, because she does a fabulous job of blank expressions throughout the entire movie. Yeah, it really makes me wonder if that was her like stage direction uh, if i've just been giving her shit for so long for no reason well i watched the trailer last night i was reading i've been reading a lot this weekend and so i keep imagining the faces of robert pattinson and kristen stewart mm-hmm. in this book and so i went to watch the trailer the graphic editing on this oh gosh i feel so old because this came out in 2008 and yeah. i was like this was 2008 editing It's not good. It's not good. Maybe we can post this on the Facebook group or something. I don't know. (laughs) By the way, if you want to check out our Facebook group, it's Fiddle and Pipe Forum. Come check that out if you want to watch the trailer. So a lot of the moments that I was watching Kristen Stewart, there are a lot of blank expressions. Like, it must have been the direction that she was told. If you've watched her in other films that she's been in, like, she is kind of awkward a little bit is that her as a person or is that just the character that she's kind of typecast herself into (sighs) i don't know but i'm also trying to like the only other movies that i remember her in are like panic room with jodie foster (laughs) i haven't seen it and then this other it's you've never seen panic Room. i don't see movies this shouldn't be surprising oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) you don't retain information of what you see oh 
we watched Mean Girls with Rainer. You did? Yes. Yay! He liked it a lot. <laughs> Thank goodness. I know. It's about time. Speaking of not <laughs> seeing movies, Rainer. <laughs> so, um, I feel like it had to been the direction. I mean, I know we gave her a lot of crap back in the day, mm-hmm. but if you think about it, too, there are moments where Bella is kind of emotionless. <laughs> That's kind of her the whole time. And the only emotion she has is, like, infatuation and lust for Edward. Yeah. And when I was watching that trailer and some of the lines, I was just sitting there. I'm like, these lines do not make this any better for the expressions that they're giving Mm -hmm. at all. Because Robert Pattinson's a good actor. But then when you're watching him in the trailer, it's weird. Well, also the writing, their writing is honestly just not that great. The scene that Matt was referring to in our last Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck episode where, mm-hmm. how old are you? 17. Oh, <laughs> I literally know. do that verbatim in the book. And it's like, wow, this is really bad writing. <laughs> anyway. Edward is camping. So Edward and his family are not in the lunchroom. Oh, yeah, because they're out with the bears. <laughs> she finds out via Charlie that the area that they're camping in has way too many bears to be a good camping spot. And for some reason, she's just like, oh, okay, and then kind of moves on with her life. Yeah, like, bears aren't going to eat you. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't really think much of it. She's just like, oh, okay, that's weird. And then she just moves on with her life. Yeah, I also realized, I wrote down this note about Charlie and Bella, because, like, their relationship is pretty estranged in a way. But it's also, oh, yeah. like, I guess, estranged in a way... But not super completely because it's not like Bella's been going to his house every summer, I guess, Mm -hmm. to Forks. But she's really harsh on him. She's like, that night at dinner, Charlie seemed enthusiastic about my trip to La Push in the morning. I think he felt guilty for leaving me home alone on the weekends, but he spent too many years building his habits to break them now. Damn, that's so sad. Yeah, like (laughs) that you think that low of someone. When I'm reading too about Charlie and some of the thing, like, he's, you know, there's a moment where he's putting chains on her tires when it first snowed Mm -hmm. in the last episode that we talked about. Or he, you know, he seems awkward because he probably doesn't know how to really, like, raise Bella because he hasn't really done that. If he hasn't been around a teenage girl, he probably doesn't really know how to connect with a teenage girl. Yeah, I also think that he's, you know, trying to come from the heart and, you know, do as much as he can in a loving way to be there, but he doesn't really know how at the same time. Yeah, they don't really have a parent-child relationship. And she's so mean about it, and I just feel, I mean, I've never had a relationship like that with my parents, but it's just so sad because Bella is kind of being passive about it in a way. Mm-hmm. And saying these, like, remarks, like, it's not like you've really been there. And I'm like, oh, it's so, oh, it just makes me sad. It makes me sad for Charlie. Anyway, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally feel that. Anyway, so then they go to the beach. What happens at the beach? <laughs> There's just this whole, you almost think of, like, a 1980s montage of them burning a drift <laughs> with fire, going hiking, they go camping. I mean... They're out in the Pacific Northwest, so the beaches there are freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's rocks everywhere, trees, it's not swamp water, like if you're at the Gulf Coast. <laughs> yeah. Bella, <laughs> basic, Bella basically trips the whole way hiking. Typical. 
And then we meet... Yeah, introduction to Jacob. Team Jacob. Just put it out there. Team Jacob. And all I kept picturing was Taylor Lautner's face. Anyway. So apparently he's only barely 15. He was definitely painted a lot older in the movies. Well, yeah, because when they were filming the movies... Also, I mean, Taylor Lautner, I believe... I believe he's, like, our age. I'm gonna look this up. Look it up. Well, in New Moon and everything like that, he does look a lot older because of the hair. But do you remember in Twilight, he had the long hair? Yes. Yeah, and so he did look a little bit younger in there. I think that was purposeful because, okay, let me see. Taylor Lautner. He was born on February 11th, 1992. So. So he's your age. He's 29. He's my age. So that means he was... Twilight was made in 2008. That means he was like 16-ish. 16, 15, 16 years old. Okay. He definitely looked older. I guess maybe I'm thinking of the later Twilight movies. Well, I think it's the hair thing. Because in the first movie, the, the longer hair that he had, I think, is supposed to make him look younger. And that is... I mean, the description was accurate. He had long hair in the book as well. Mm. But then when you see him in the later movies, he has his hair cut short. You see him with his shirt off like 98% of the time. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's going to look a lot older mm-hmm. because of those features. I mean, he's a good looking guy. Oh, so yeah. when I was his age, I did not look like that. Anyway. Mm-mm. So Jacob is very <laughs> obviously into Bella. There's some small talk and playing, playing catch up because Bella was friends with his sisters. And Charlie is also good friends with his dad. In fact, that's who Mm -hmm. she got, or sorry, Charlie got the truck from. Bella thinks that he's good looking, but thinks that he still looks like a kid. Bella's like all into his looks. She's so shallow. But honestly, who isn't at that age? Who wasn't into looks of people when they had crushes? Mm. I'm trying to like, let's see. Okay. You want to hear the description that Bella gave on Jacob? Yes. Okay. A few minutes after Angela left with the hikers, Jacob sauntered over to take her place by my side. He looked 14, maybe 15, and had long, glossy black hair pulled back with a rubber band at the nape of his neck. His skin was beautiful, silky, and russet-colored. His eyes were dark, set deep above the high planes of his cheekbones. He still had just a hint of childish roundness left around his chin. Altogether, a very pretty face. However, my positive opinion of his looks was damaged by the first words out of his mouth. Are you Isabella Swan, aren't you? The end. (laughs) And I had a discussion about this with Amanda Mm -hmm. (laughs) last night, and we're talking about how this is kind of the PG-13 of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I have a lot more to say about that (laughs) later. Yeah, we'll go into that later. But with all these descriptions of Bella talking about what these people look like that she meets, more like the main characters, Edward and Jacob, and even some of the other people, like the random normal people that she's hanging out with. For instance, Lauren. I wrote down, she like, Bella described Lauren's hair as corn silt. And I'm sitting there what and I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> what is corn silk? Uh, corn silk? I just want corn. That's all I want. I just want to eat corn. It's the long, shiny fibers at the top of an ear of corn. 
Oh. So like the strings that you pick off your corn cobs. The annoying. Ah, I hate those. Yeah, those can go in the trash. Maybe. Ooh. Do you think Lauren's hair can go in the trash? <laughs> do you think Bella like purposely <laughs> wrote that down because she's like Lauren's trash? So is her corn silk hair. Anyway. Probably. So yeah, um, they're talking. <laughs> yeah, and another. Native American kid mentioned that the Kalansonko, the beach, when it's mentioned that it's surprising that Edward didn't go. Did they name him? Doesn't he get a name? Isn't it Sam? I think so. Because I think he ends up being, if anybody hasn't read Twilight, even though we spoiled everything for y'all, Sam takes <laughs> a big part in the next book. Mm-hmm. But he seemed really very serious about it, too. Like, he was like, they're not allowed yeah. here. Yeah, he's kind of like a... A mood killer. From what Jacob is talking about when he describes the story later on, he doesn't really believe in about all these things. He thinks these are just, you know, old tales that people are obsessed with, and he doesn't really think of it as this is serious or truth. You know, he just knows that the Collins don't go there. He doesn't really know anything. Sam, who is probably older... I think he's more of the leader of the group with their circle of friends. He probably is, like, really serious, and he's like, oh, like, they don't come to this beach. Ever. Yeah, we don't interact with them. I also wrote this note down, too. When Sam does mention, though, the Collins are not about to be here, Mm -hmm. Jacob is always, like, looking out into the distance. (laughs) That's what I wrote down. He seems like kind of a space cadet. What do you mean by that? Do you know what a space cadet is? Just like like a, someone who's not really focused. They just take orders from people. No, no, if you're like a like you're if you're a space cadet, it's just like you have your head in the clouds. You're. Oh, I thought you meant like, like an actual like astronaut. No, else <laughs> no. I would have said astronaut. Don't mind me. <laughs> it's a. You need more of that coffee, Catherine. Yeah, some pumpkin spice because it's finally freaking fall here in Denver. The never-ending <laughs> summer is. Hopefully ending. Still not full in Georgia, so... I woke up to a beautiful blue sky and 60 degree weather, so... I'm gonna soak this in. <laughs> it's starting to be in the 70s here, so I'm like, I guess this is full. Because I know in like two days it's gonna be winter, so... I know it's like fought for like two days. The best season lasts like the shortest amount of time. <laughs> so Bella takes Jacob aside and is basically like... Hey, sexy, tell me about the Cullens. <laughs> oh, yeah, she knows. She knows that he has the hots for her. Mm-hmm. So she basically flirts with him, and he tells her the origin story of the... I think it's Quileute, but I'm not... Quileute. Quileute. The Quileute. So I guess for this next section, we do need to say we are both white women. If we have any listeners who are Native Americans, just just let us know and, and be forgiving of us. <laughs> The origin story is that they are descended from wolves and, or the origin story in the book, I should say, is that they're descended from wolves and that wolves are still their brothers. He also says that their ancestors were werewolves and vampires are their natural enemy. Same part of the legend is that Jacob's great-grandfather knew the same, quote, cold ones. He said that the group was different because they don't hunt people. And the deal is that if the vampires stayed off the Quileute land, then the Quileutes want to expose them to the normies. <laughs> the normies. LOL at Jacob spilling secret legends because he thinks Bella is hot. Again, he's just like, you know, my dad 
listens to these old wives' tales and stuff like that. So Yeah, he's like, this is what people say, but it's... He's like, they're just myths, and little does he know it's actually their true origin story in the book. Mm-hmm. He also lets slip that the Cullens are vampires. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is a total game changer. He also calls them blood drinkers because that's why mm-hmm. because Bella's asking why are they so dangerous and Well, Jacob really tiptoes around the point. Yeah, Jacob really tiptoes around the point until I think at the end of the chapter he just straight up says that they're vampires. Basically, it's just like whatever. He's like, "Oh yeah, I think your people call them vampires." <laughs> well, mm-hmm. also too, I mean, uh Yumi and Matt, Matt talked about this in the first episode, but also Stephanie mm-hmm. Mayer is like bringing out with the wolf thing, like werewolves if you think about it, but they're not werewolves, really. They're wolves, but that's kind of, like, the closest other kind of fictional character of a monster creature to put in comparison. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit in our first episode of this book how Stephanie Meyer took the origin story of the Quileutes and changed it to suit her Mm -hmm. meaning. So I looked up their real origin story, and their real origin story is that the Quileutes were changed from two wolves near La Push by the Transformer. It's Q-W-A-T-I? Quati? I don't know. I can't find a pronunciation of it online. So then all Quileutes were descended from these two people. Hmm. They're not wolves. They're straight-up people. Um, Their real origin story has no werewolves. No mention of vampires and no mention of imprinting. All three of these are big deals in her books. It's obviously bad that she messed with her original origin story because it's the whitewashing of PC culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, not PC. POC. It's the white ro- whitewashing of POC culture. And now more people know the fake story than the real story. Yeah, and I was watching also a video, too, of over in La Push. They interviewed somebody that is part of the Quileute tribe and she said how Mm -hmm. when the books or maybe the movies started coming out people were going to La Push asking oh where's uh Jacob's house and where's so-and-so's house and I'm sitting there and I was listening and I mean it's brought people to come to you know the reservation and visit and support maybe their businesses over there but I'm also sitting there and I'm like, this is a book. This is a fictional book. So mm-hmm. nobody's house is there. <laughs> it's it, <laughs> These are not real. It's not like the towns are real and, you know, the, the scenery and the imagery is probably the same. Like that, the homes of these people, these people are not real. <laughs> and right. when I'm sitting there, it's like, do people not understand that this is fiction? I think some people get thrown off by the fact that it's using a real place. Mm-hmm and a real tribe so maybe they're like oh to an extent it's real people yeah i don't know i don't know also meyer paints a story of good versus evil that doesn't exist in the real origin story in the origin story the it's the good werewolves versus the evil vampires or you know if you're looking at it from the vampire's perspective it's the evil werewolves against the good vampires kind of thing Mm -hmm. not real she basically just took a real origin story and twisted it into her own narrative, which honestly kind of fucked up, Stephanie. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if this was something that she intended on. It's close enough to the original story that I would be willing to bet money that she did research. She knew that this tribe was in the area. Mm -hmm. Their origin story is that they came from wolves, and she said that they're werewolves. 
who came from wolves, so. I'm thinking about what we talked about in that first episode, where um, she never mm-hmm. been to Forks. She obviously did not go to La Push, and she didn't take research into account of knowing the people. But also can't be a coincidence that the area that belongs to the Quillo tribe in her book is La Push, and that's where mm-hmm. their origin... St- I'm saying, like, she must have done some level of research. I doubt Livian Connecticut, being a Mormon in Connecticut, oh my god, a Mormon in Connecticut that she would inherently know these things. Yeah, interesting. So it's like, she did enough research... But then she's like, oh, cool, this kind of fits into what I want to do. So I'm going to take it, and I'm going to tweak it, and I'm going to tweak it, and I'm going to tweak it. And tweaking some things is fine. I mean, that's how you have creative things. That's how things keep changing. That's how you have new ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's there's some things you shouldn't mess with. Maybe if you're, you know, a white woman, you shouldn't take a Native American origin story, make it kind of close, and then shift it to a weird good evil vibe. Yeah. And yeah. Just... Just not a good look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Belle is really hacking shook. Yes. And also Jacob mentions that people, some of the people stopped going to the hospital since Carlisle's been at the hospital being a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, wait. <laughs> it's like they'd rather die than deal with a vampire. I, I kind of can't blame them. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> My last note about this is when when Bella and Jacob head back to the site where everybody else is and Mike comes up to Bella, Jacob acts a little bit jealous. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it just kind of reminds me of how Bella considers Mike a golden retriever and then Jacob and the wolves, everything like that. And I'm sitting there I'm like, dog versus dog. It's a doggy dog world. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Get it? Dogs? Get it? Chapter 7, Nightmare. So, <laughs> Bella can't sleep at all upon hearing this new. Okay, so she's at home now, and she can't sleep at all. She's also listening to the same CD over and over and over and over and over again. Like, the emo child she's she is. She's just trying is. to distract herself. <laughs> she She's so shook, like, shaken to her core that Edward Cullen might be a vampire. <laughs> and she ends up falling asleep, and she has a nightmare that Jacob is running with her through the woods... And then he turns into a werewolf. And then she's running with Mike. And then Edward and Jacob almost fight. Oh, are we seeing some foreshadowing moments here, Brittany? Not in this book. (laughs) Nah, no, this book isn't foreshadowing anything at all. Anyway. So Bella gets up and then she basically Googles vampires. I was like, honestly, same. (laughs) Me doing any kind of research. Do you want to hear what I wrote down from the SparkNote version? Yes, from Catherine Spark Notes. I have no filter when it comes to these notes, you guys. So, after a very detailed morning routine, because let's just face it, Stephanie Meyer is very good with adjectives and details about pointless things like getting ready in the morning. Yeah, there's a reason why my notes skip a bunch of things. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like a bunch of nothing. It really is. After a very detailed morning routine and waiting for the internet to connect via dial-up, Bella goes to AskJeeves.com because, let's face it, that's her favorite search engine. Isn't that what everyone uses? Ask Jeeves? Does Ask Jeeves still exist? Let's go look it up, Brittany. I'm on Google right now, so I'm going to look up Ask Jeeves. Are you going to Google Ask Jeeves? Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's still alive. 
It's just ask.com, though. That's stupid. Bring back Jeeves. What happened to Jeeves? He died, probably. Hashtag bring back Jeeves. <laughs> bring back Jeeves. <laughs> bring back Jeeves. Now, this is a cause we can all get behind. Did you look up some of these vampires that she was researching and or mentioned in the book? No. Did you? You do a mini dive? I kind of did a little bit a mini dive to make sure, like, are these, like, real characters? I think it's Dunog, if that is the correct pronunciation. That's what I found. Dunog, it's a vampire in Vietnam, and it sucks the blood of beautiful women and also recruits kids to be also vampires. Hmm. That was a real, I guess... Char- myth? I'm, myth, yeah. I was like, character? I don't know. Story. And then the Nalapsi, they're like in Slovenia. I don't know. Slovenia, I think is right. Yeah. Like, I'm sure David will let me know in three weeks when he listens to this. It's going to be like, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't pronounce these things right. We can't pronounce anything, right? We can't. This was a basically a character, I guess, that destroys villages and they have super strength and whatnot to destroy things very quickly and fastly. So it's like Superman meets vampire? Yeah. And then the Stragoni Benefici. That was the Italian one. So this one is made up. This is what I think, from what I did on my research, it's completely made up. It's what Stephanie Meyer created. Uh, but it is mm-hmm. a the Italian vampire and it's said to be on the side of goodness and a mortal enemy of all evil fam- vampires. So that's basically what I believe the colons are. Correct? Yeah. Well, we kind of we kind of get into it in later sections when she meets the family. Well, what really got me was after I read about these like vampires, even like I was sitting there and Bella's like, "Well, None of these add up to what Jacob said in his story. And I'm sitting there like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? (laughs) One sucks people's blood. The other one has super speed and, like, strength. Do you not remember the van, Bella? (laughs) Right? And then the other one, the one that's actually made up, is, like, heck of, like, a charming person. Like, Edward is a charming person. Let's just bring it to that he's charming he's sexy yeah and 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 there are soul sections where he like dazzles people and bella literally is like oh he's dazzling people i thought it was really funny that she bella tries to compare what jacob said plus her own observations to see if edward is a vampire and it's the things are adding up but she's like "Mm, yeah no and the things that she is like thinking about are okay no rational explanation how she was still alive from that freaking car wreck that we just mentioned. The eye color shifting, mm-hmm. the speed and strength that was mentioned earlier, the inhuman beauty. That's what Stephanie Meyer wrote. Uh, <laughs> pale, frigid skin, never eating, disturbing grace with which they moved. That's what, I don't know. I guess like that's what Stephanie Meyer put down. The way Edward spoke was another factor that she was thinking about because you mean the musical way in which she spoke <laughs> Catherine is that what you're implying <laughs> the musical voice with His melting honey <laughs> it's 
so, so weird. Also, him skipping class with the blood type, that is totally a health violation. Uh, yeah, I'm class. still not sure that that was legal. Yeah, it's not legal. Uh, the it's no beach legal. trip for Edward. No He's- beach for Edward. Edward being psychic, basically, and knowing what everybody is thinking. And then him continuously saying that he's a villain and he's dangerous. Bella, what are you not getting through your head? Shit dumb. I, it was just like, I'm sitting there with my book open on my couch. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? <laughs> she literally just decides that even if he is a vampire, she's still going to crush on him. And I'm just like, you're so stupid. Where is your self-preservation instinct? I don't know. Like, where is it? <laughs> I don't know. So she, yeah, she walks through the woods to think things through. And she's going through all of what we just talked about. And then she comes back and she goes to school where Mike tries to ask her out to din. Oh my gosh. She- He's so annoying. I'm sorry. I can't stand him. I can't stand the guy. He's I don't at- know why she doesn't go for Mike. He seems like a nice guy. I mean, he's not dead. He's not dead. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but he's the guy that is pushing Bella to a very awkward circumstance where she is clearly not interested in him. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. because I've encountered stuff like this before. I've, I've I've had guys come up to me in the past. Who are, like, overly persistent. Yeah, like, they want me to go out with them. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what do you not understand? I friend-zoned you. I friend-zoned you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely been there too. Where I'm like, I'm I'm I've tried to let you down nicely. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. It, that was something that I wrote down in my notes too. Is it's just for me personally, that's annoying. So she redirects him to Jessica because <laughs> Jessica's super into him, and She's I guess gonna be Bella just needs a comedian. If Mike doesn't ask her to the dance, yeah, Edward's not at school, and Bella is real extra and mopey about it. She's like, my whole day is ruined. <laughs> so she ends her day on the lawn reading late 18th century novels. Oh, by the way, have Edward's name in every single book. Yep. She's like, why do these names have to relate to Edward? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, hmm, I wonder why, Stephanie. I wonder why. <laughs> and the chapter ends with Bella going to poor Angelus the following day with Jessica and Angela because they want to look at dresses for the dance. Yay! Let's go to the ball. Chapter 8, poor Angelus. Um, so she goes after school the following day. There's, (laughs) half of this chapter is just like stupid high school girl shit. Like, Jessica's super into Mike, didn't went well, hoping for a second kiss. No, her first kiss. Our first kiss. My bad. I just get them so mixed up. I put down, that girl makes moves faster than she can drive from Forks to Port Angeles. <laughs> Burn. Oh. I'm not oh good with insults, you guys. So You're slut-shaming? <laughs> Angela was just happy to go to the dance, but she's not super into Eric, which I think he was mentioned once or twice previously in the book. But Yeah, it's not... He's not, like, a super, like, main character, even side character. He's just kind of Mm-mm. filler. But also, yeah. Jessica and Angela are shocked that Bella has never been to a dance. 
they're also shocked that she has never had a boyfriend in Phoenix. Right? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know. I've known people that... I was friends with people that didn't go to dances at our school. And I don't blame them because sometimes they were pretty lame. And then also, other than the two 12-hour relationships after I said yes to two guy friends of mine at the time. Like, yeah, I'll go out with you. And the next day, they just kept following me. And I said, okay, bye. Like, no, like, thank you. This life. <laughs> I, I, I just wasn't about it. I never dated in high school. I never had a serious relationship or anything. And I don't think that's abnormal. No, but I think the point that's so shocking is that all the guys, or at least all the guys that are around Bella, are very clearly into her. So they're just kind of shocked that she's never had a boyfriend. And honestly, kind of same. Because Bella's <laughs> like, no, I'm super plain. And Angela and Jessica are like looking at her like, girl, there's like four guys that are very into you right now. And those are the only four guys in town, so. Yeah, so you gotta pick one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, Tyler, that other dude that is kind of the filler guy that almost killed Bella in a freak mm-hmm. accident, he's going around saying that they're going to prom together, and Bella gets super mad, and they're like, oh, that's why Lauren doesn't like you, with her corn silt hair. <laughs> and she gets super moody about it and kind of ruins the evening for herself. Yeah, so basically she just kind of parts ways with Angela The dress shopping is so boring. Like, the paragraph about shopping for dresses is literally so boring. Can I read it to you? (laughs) I have to find it. Because I didn't write the page number. Jess was torn between two. One, a long strapless basic black number. The other, a knee-length electric blue with spaghetti straps. I encourage her to go with the blue. Why not play off the eyes? Angela chose a nice... Or sorry, Angela chose a pale pink dress that draped around her tall frame nicely and brought out honey tints in her light brown hair. I complimented them both generously and helped by returning the rejects to their racks. The whole process was much shorter and easier than similar trips I had taken with Renee at home. I guess there's something to be said for limited choices. I'm like, that was literally the most bland (laughs) paragraph I've ever read in my entire life. (laughs) I could feel the boredom just like seeping from the page. I was like, oh. Doesn't I don't think Bella's into shopping. I don't think she's into shopping at all. (laughs) She's it's not her thing. It's not her style. I feel like Stephanie has this awful habit of addressing things that don't need to be addressed instead of just moving forward like how other authors would. She feels the need to mention every single thing, even if it is boring or minute. Like, for example, she didn't have to have a whole paragraph about picking out Mm -mm. the dresses. She could have just said they pick dresses and then move on to the next point. Like, it's not relevant. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And that's why this book is like it's very filler. 400 pages. And this is before we're hitting some really big points, you know? Mm-hmm. We just hit a big point in the previous chapter about the... Or Edward being a vampire. Is this chapter eight? Yeah, like, we hit this big point and now there's just some filler stuff before we hit the next big point. It's kind of like, if you think about it, the Harry Potter series, where there are some books that, or not books, I'm saying movies, because there's some really good movies, and then there's some really like, oh, this movie, the book was better, oh, yeah. and this movie is trash, and then the the next movie is like, oh, this is amazing, this is awesome, yeah. kind of like the Deathly Hallows, part one is kind of, we're camping, part two is, we're killing Lord Voldemort, <laughs> 
it's I, so I think this is a very filler esque. I, I think she was just probably trying to think of something to put in. I feel like it could have been done in a more entertaining way. Like her her filler, it could her have filler been. seems very like busy work. Yeah, that's like I get busy work vibes from it. it yeah, it is very busy work. So Bella like splits ways after they shop. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, oh, I'm going to go visit a bookstore because she wants to find a book about vampires. And so she finds this one bookstore. Can I read it mm-hmm. to you? <clears throat> so, I had no trouble finding the bookstore, but it wasn't what I was looking for. The windows were full of crystals, dream catchers, and books about spiritual healing. I didn't even go inside. Through the glass, I could see a 50-year-old woman with long gray hair worn straight down her back, clad in a dress right out of the 60s, smiling welcome, smiling welcomingly from behind the c- counter. I decided that was one conversation I could skip. There had to be a normal bookstore in town. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn. I'm like, honestly, if you're you. going to find vampire stuff, that's probably the place to look. That's the place. Also, I can definitely understand why she didn't want to go in because she didn't want to have like an awkward confrontation. I don't know about you, but there are times where I walk into stores and I don't want the clerks to talk to me. (laughs) I hate it when they come up and they're like, are you finding everything, ma'am? And I'm looking at them like, yes. And I just want to Does that give you like social anxiety? I just don't like it. I, 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 yeah, it's part of my social anxiety. Thanks, COVID. You didn't make it any better. So, <laughs> so she, Bella just kind of wanders the streets, really insistent that she can find another bookstore, but she's moody and not really paying attention, attention, so she gets lost. She encounters a group of four men who definitely seem menacing. Two of these men follow Bella, and they end up hurting her, hurting her towards the other two men. And while this is all happening, she is thinking about tactics to self-defend herself, like, popping people's eyeballs off, and I'm, or mm-hmm. pushing, like, punching their nose up to their Into brains. Their skull. And, I'm, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Bella, do you really think that you're that strong? Or ballsy? <laughs> I wish I had, you know, the amount of strength and confidence to do that, but I definitely know I don't, because I just don't. <laughs> Catherine just looked down at herself. (laughs) I'm not that kind of, you know, physical person in that (laughs) manner. So I know that, you know, if you ask me to get in a fist fight with you, which I hope that is not the case in any shape, way, or form, I will just slowly raise a white flag and say, you win? Can we just move on and get a cup of coffee? (laughs) I'm going to get in a fist fight with you. I mean, it's good to think about that, Bella, but... A for effort. A for... Uh-huh. Is it? I always thought it was E for effort. No, it's A for effort. Like A, like a report card. Not. Were you thinking that because it starts with E? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, didn't you get like E's when you were in first grade? Because E was for excellent. Yeah, <laughs> was... but we stopped getting graded like that when we were in like second grade. I know. You know, E's were good, anyway. So these guys definitely act like they're planning to rob her or rape her or something really nefarious. Mm-hmm. And then Edward comes out of freaking nowhere, and he- But we don't know it's Edward yet. Okay, so a silver Volvo literally <laughs> drives out of nowhere and almost hits one of the guys and makes them back up a bit, and Bella gets in the car. And this is when I say it gets a little Christian Grey, because 
Edward's like, get in. And she gets in, and he gets a little Christian Grey with the commands, even when they're at her benefit. And then he puts the responsibility of calming himself on her. Mm, Yes. So I'm like, I'm getting some serious Christian Grey vibes from this section in particular. I'm telling you, this is Fifty Shades of Edward Cullen. (laughs) (laughs) Pissy and extra pissy. Yeah. So, and also, I like how Bella never mentions that this is Edward. Because it's all, she already, like, assumes who she knows it is. Is it? I thought it was mentioned. I don't think it was mentioned. I wrote down, it's blatantly obvious from Bella, like, described relief who it is, even though Stephanie is not saying it in the book. Yeah, she actually never says who it is. Which makes me kind of think, and again, this is there's a lot of foreshadowing here. What and if it's it Christian help. Gray? <laughs> it's Christian Gray, you guys. Yeah, it's not until like two pages after. <laughs> two pages after that, she actually says Edward. Yeah, so she already assumes that it is Edward. And I think, you know, I mean, maybe with the sound of his voice and stuff like that, that's his probably the reason voice. why. His musical voice. Get in! Get in! <laughs> Maybe they start snapping their know. fingers going into a musical number. <laughs> get in the car. We gotta get in the car before these guys do something bad to you. Da 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 ba. So Twilight the Musical will be on <laughs> at a theater near you. I'm shocked that I haven't seen anything about like a musical for this. I bet you it's a thing, Twilight. Twilight the Musical is an unofficial parody of the Twilight series. Oh, <gasps> it is a real thing? Uh-huh. The first episode premiered on YouTube in March 2009. So that was, like, pretty recent after yeah. this book after came the out. movie. Yeah, movie. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Anyway. Hmm, the more you know. Edward is super pissed, but drives her to the Italian restaurant to meet up with um, Angela and Jessica. And they already ate... Oh, yeah, they already ate. They just messed. They were like, oh, where's Bella? Let's just eat our dinner. They're super relieved to know that she's okay, but they already ate. And I'm like, do y'all not have cell phones? I get that texting is not super mainstream for a lot of people, but do y'all not call? Considering that (laughs) Bella was using (laughs) dial-up and emailing her mom for communication instead of calling her on the phone, makes me wonder, this might have been before, I mean... When I first got my cell phone, I got it in 2006. I didn't have texting, and it was a little dinky old flip phone. I mean, it took my parents heavy convincing to get, you know, text messaging at the time. Yeah. I I definitely had to wait a few years before I got texting. (laughs) Maybe in the next book, uh, Bella will get a nice Razor phone, (laughs) cell phone. (laughs) A Razor flip phone. Those are the days. Yeah. This might have been around a time where... I mean, Forks is a small town, too, if you think about it. So Mm -hmm. maybe cell phones are not, you know, as popular or necessary for, you know, this small community. Right. Basically, Jessica and Angela skedaddle, and it turns into, like, a dinner date with Edward. Oh, yeah. I wrote down, Edward takes Bella out on their first date. Bella gets super jealous at the hostess and the way she welcomed Edward because it was more warmly than necessary. And even gets into her looks as well. 
being sev several inches taller and unnaturally blonde. That's really nice of you, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> but Edward dazzles the hostess to a private booth so they can chit-chat. Instead, anybody that works there is dazzled by Edward's charm, and Bella is basically invisible, even though she's the only one eating food. Yeah. <laughs> That's not mysterious. And drinking Cokes. More than one Coke. I don't know. That's too much for me, so. He admits to stalking her to poor Angelus <laughs> under the pretense of keeping her safe. In his white, or in his ivory turtleneck sweater, that we can all see his muscular chest, by the way. Like, your sweater's too tight if I can see your muscles. So, yeah, he's basically looking like a babe, and he's saying, oh, yeah, I followed you to Port Angeles. Oh, yeah, I stalked you. <laughs> he admits to being able to read thoughts, and those men were definitely going to rape Bella because Edward talks about the thoughts in their heads, and he seems real heckin' disturbed. She also mentions, uh, she kind of talks about his eyes, because she definitely can tell when they're changing, Mm -hmm. and what they mean like for his moods so right now it's like a mood like, ring yeah oh ooh, i forgot about those <laughs> back. Um, well i feel like every time i had a mood ring it was the same damn com color it would always turn my fingers green because they were made of like cheap metal that my skin reacted to <laughs> <laughs> and you're like i'm turning into the hulk i was just like i guess i am the mood ring you are the mood ring <laughs> Apparently, she is noticing right now that they are the color of golden butterscotch, which kind of made me hungry anyway. <laughs> but she says when they are like that, she feels safe. And when they turn black, he's getting crabby. And she mentions also, why aren't you ordering food? And he's like, well, why do you ask? And she's like, because when your eyes are black, you get crabby. And men are really crabby when they're hungry. Mm-hmm. She kind of also insinuates that she did some research about certain things about him with his um, mind reading and everything like that, or, or what was it? Oh, she insinuates that the eye color thing was something that she didn't make up or something that she did some research on this. And she even talks about his mind reading, like you mentioned earlier, and he keeps saying, you're a magnet for trouble stuff like that mm -hmm. like still not really being truthful to her right at least like she's talking like admitting to him like kind of sensing something different with you mm -hmm. chapter nine theory this will will be very short anyway edward admits to following bella's scent around poor angelus which i was like that's super gross and super creepy yeah it's a little weird basically um admits that he's a vampire without like confirming it he just stops denying it before he kind of gets into that, too, when he's talking about the mind reading and everything like that, he's saying, like, how he hears people's minds, it's, like, a buzzing. Like, kind of, like, you hear, like, a crowd in the room and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, he says that he's the only mind reading vampire. Mm -hmm. And, like, when he focuses in on, like, one person, that's, like, where everybody else becomes, like, white noise. And then he can focus in on that one person's thoughts. So that's how we found Bella, because he was reading people's minds about, like, I was hoping that I could find you if somebody saw you and mentioned you or whatnot. But instead, he smelled her scent. Gross. And that's how he rescued her. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a dog. Because yeah. <clears throat> he's a what? Because he's a dog. He's a dog, yeah. He's a dog. Dirty, dirty dog. Bark. I also like what he says, when he says he tunes out people, it makes him feel more normal. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you're not normal, Edward. Nobody is normal in this movie. Mm-hmm. Or book. <laughs> Bella admits to hearing the Quilio origin story, and Loki asks uh, Edward if he's a vampire. But she's like, it doesn't matter if you are, because I'm still going to crush on you either way. Oh, yeah. And then she's asking about, what is it? How long have you been 17? Yeah, that... And he's saying, a while. while. (laughs) Well, the way that the scene was, too, is completely opposite in the movie. Because in the movie, they're in a meadow, and they're standing, like, Bella's in front of him, and Robert Pattinson's, like, behind her shoulder. Mm -hmm. And she's sitting there, and she's like, how long have you been 17? (laughs) And in this scene right here, they're basically, Edward is playing Fast and Furious in the middle of nowhere Washington, and he's just staring out into the road, and Bella's sitting there next to him, asking, how long have you been 17? And he's just staring out into the road a while. (laughs) I mean, I totally get why they probably did that, because that's, I mean, in this book at least, with him driving and admitting that, it's not really epic. And I'm sure in the movie they were trying to make it a little bit more... The center of attention. Yeah. I totally get it. I totally get it. I just totally forgot about this. I didn't I didn't remember anything about him driving and all this stuff. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> so it's kind of, I mean, it makes sense why some stuff in the movie was made in comparison to the books. So, yeah. Yeah. Edward agrees that they don't hunt people, but says that they occasionally, quote, make mistakes, which is a really lighthearted <laughs> way of saying that they sometimes kill people. Sometimes we kill people, it's no big deal. Anyway. And Bella is so desperate for him that when he says it's dangerous for them to hang out one-on-one, she's like, oh my god, wait, just talk to me. Just talk to me. I'm like, girl, where's your self-preservation instinct? He's literally saying that he's a vampire. Even if I was hot and bothered over someone, I would not stick around if I knew that they were that dangerous. I'd be like, you know what? You're not the only babe in the world. Bye. Bye, Felicia. I'm just going to go over here and, you know, hang out with my normal friends. Mm-hmm. He also debunks myths like burning in sunlight. Sleeping in coffins. Sleeping in coffins. Because Edward admits that he doesn't sleep. Which, mm, uh, I can't live that life. Yeah, no. Because I need, I need to sleep. For that. And then he asked, aren't you concerned about my diet? <laughs> Like, I was just sitting there, and I'm like, oh, you want to bring up that question, yeah, don't uh, you? Oh, we're going to talk about this right now. <laughs> and because they don't hunt people, they hunt animals, and they they consider themselves vegetarians, uh-huh. uh, which is, yeah. At the end, even though Edward clearly say, says that they can't be together, and now Bella knows why, Edward still tells Bella that he'll save her a seat at lunch the next day. <laughs> We'll sit together at lunch tomorrow. Back and forth and so moody, it's ridiculous. There are moments where also Bella, when we're talking about the scent earlier, how Edward can smell her scent, Bella also kind of puts into description about... (laughs) Well, she kind of talks about his scent. And this this becomes kind of a trend later on in the book, but he offers her his jacket. So she's wearing his jacket Mm -hmm. and she's just like... His breath smells, like, amazing, and his scent smells amazing, and she's wearing his jacket and smelling it, like, oh, is this, is this scent on here, too? It's weird. Like, I've been sitting there, and I'm just like, 
what is up with the smell? I, I get it to an extent. I mean, every person has their own smell, and you probably like how Woody smells. Like, you know what Woody smells like, and you like that smell. Just like I know what David mm-hmm. smells like, and I like that smell. But, like, for people, it's I'm mostly... I'm just so curious what he smells like. I know. I mean, for people, it's mostly, like, pheromones, because it's, like, you know, obviously very sex-oriented. Mm-hmm. And different and families tend to smell very similar, too. I'm wondering if, like, a vampire can't make pheromones because they're dead. Well, here's where my little theory comes up, because, oh, this is a chapter about theories. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I see what you did there. So, we've talked about how vampires are normally, like, in movies, books, they're highly romanticized. Mm-hmm. And they have powers to manipulate people, mm-hmm. you know, to fall in love with them and such. Is this possibly one of those things? That's possibly. what I've been thinking about. His scent, you know, attracts her. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, she is it's like... like a Venus flytrap. Yeah, she is all about it. Mm-hmm. And she is all of a sudden anxious, like, I can't live without you and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And... At the end of the chapter, she says, I'm positive about three things. Edward was a vampire. There was a part of him that thirsted for her blood. And she was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. Was that and a I'm big sitting word for you? <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm not good with words. Word of the I'm day. <laughs> I, ha- I have some speech problems, y'all. Anyway. But, I mean, she's all of a sudden infatuated by him, which is, I I don't know. I don't know if it's maybe just a coincidence, you know, that he finally opened up to her and told her the secret. But with the smell thing, it's just kind of like, is that possibly something that he can do to get her in? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it, like, a power of some sort? Does this relate to vampires manipulating people, being highly romanticized, and getting people in to fall in love with them? That that was my little theory. I don't think it's incorrect. I think that's something that we'll have to keep in mind moving forward into the book, for sure. Well, this has been an eventful hour and some odd minutes. Of- yeah, we went to the beach. We went dress shopping. We I picked out a nice little... <laughs> blue number spaghetti we, straps we smell things <laughs> Mess we said Native vampire mm. yeah yeah we had a, we had a pretty good day pretty uh pretty inventful um i guess that brings us to the end of our episode and next week we'll be covering chapters 10, 10. 11 and 12 yeah so you know hit that subscribe subscribe button and we will see you next week for more vampire drama. Uh, toodles. Toodles. (laughs) Yikes. Okay, bye.